Watch this. Okay, uh, Jeff Shackelford. So, uh, for those that don't know, you, do you want to just introduce yourself to the garden of uh, of listeners? Well, you're putting me on the spot already. I uh, I'm a golf writer. Uh, I've done some golf architecture work. Uh, I've I've uh, been in doing this now since around 1995 in various forms, and have uh, tried to adapt to each change in the the world of media and now I'm now I'm doing a newsletter focused on the major championships. Very modest. It's I a think, great newsletter. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you also are quite a big fan of sunsets. Uh, I do uh, share my sunset photos on Instagram uh, to rub it in with certain people on the East Coast and uh, also just to share where I live. I live in Santa Monica, California and it's a beautiful place and um, I love living there. So I guess, uh, you know... It's terrible for golf, by the way. I mean, you're a massive commentator on the game, passionate about architecture and everything, and I think it's cool just to have a little chat today and maybe just recap on, you know, you know how the first two days have been and what we can expect to see from the weekend. But, um, yeah, when was your last time over in Scotland, just out of interest? Uh, the 2018 Open at Carnoustie. So that was burnt out as well then. That it was. was completely it was incredible. It was, uh, it was the same as this week, essentially. And it was one where just the slightest miss was off, and it was extraordinary, and the courses around were extraordinary. So we've been here pretty much all week since Monday. We had a little walk around on Monday and Tuesday of the course. I mean, we were kind of wondering whether people would go low. What, 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 what were your thoughts on the course, how it was looking, and how it's panned out, really, in the, in the first two days of playing? Uh, it's been extraordinary. Uh, the whole locations have been a little bit stupid. Uh, so I'm very curious to see what they've done today. I haven't really studied them yet, but I played, I had the privilege because of the wind delay last time to get to play the old course the Tuesday mm. after some people had to cancel their tee times. And so we played the, the final round uh, whole locations that day. And I just saw on the street, Jaime Diaz, one of the people I played with, a golf writer in the United States, wonderful writer, and, and, and his dad was tagging along. It was a very special day. We agreed if we never play the old course again, we, we ended it on the most ideal note. We, we played the final round hole locations. It was beautiful out. His father, who, who was, who was uh, getting up there, it was his last chance to see uh, St. Andrews. And, uh, but as we were playing, uh, about halfway through the round, I noticed the caddies kept kind of breaking off in a conversation and about the 15th hole they were really looking at one of the uh the holes on the other green on uh, number three and uh i finally said what are you talking about and they said we've never seen a lot of these hole locations and they were longtime caddies and about six of those holes were used yesterday so i'm kind of curious <laughs> what they're going to do today i mean we're, we're isn't they running speaking, out of tricks is that like, i don't know they're I don't running know. out of things I, they can they do just, I, it's just unusual when you have two uh, uh 156 players you need to move around yeah. that you play it so tough we see that pace quite of often. play was mega slow i heard like, really really bad but the irony the is afternoon. it wasn't on the greens the irony and i this is where this week is so rich for for stories and things that i love to do and it, it occurred to me this morning i should have timed players on some holes and how much time they spent on the tee, the fairway, and then how much time they spent on the greens. Because the greens are so crazy and undulated, uh, but they're not that quick, and they don't spend much time on the greens. They don't, they don't grind on the, the two-footers yeah. like they do in the United States, which is so tedious to watch. <laughs> and out there, all, it's just standing around the tee, 
trying to figure out the shot on the fairway, and the putting goes pretty fast. And I, I love that. I just wish the first part went a little faster. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just me, but I'm really not that bothered about what the end score is. There seems oh, to be so no. much worry that, you know, we're going to destroy the golf course. And it looks today like we're sat here in a beautiful garden and, you know, massive thank you to, um, you know, the guys at the scores and Sound of Golf for hosting us this week. But we're sat here watching this. There's not a breath of wind. I get the sense if you don't shoot 65 today, you're going backwards. Um, it's like, I don't really care. I just rather it come down to the last shot. I want it to go close. And I don't think we've seen many opens at St Andrews where that's actually been the case. It usually feels like a bit of a fate to come play by the back nine. And yeah, like, you know, if someone shoots 61 or 60, like, who cares, right? Exactly. And I'm, I'm the same as you. I want a good finish. The, the last two opens, which were my first two here, um, were not the I, I guess the finish of the 2015 was interesting. But I'm I'm of the Dan Jenkins school of golf riding. I, I root for the story. I, I root for the name. Uh, I have no problem letting you know that uh, it was depressing that Zach Johnson won the last <laughs> open. Uh, Jordan Spieth was the best player in the world. He'd won the first two majors of the year. He's a, he was the smartest player in the world, and uh, I was very critical of him at the time for playing the week before. He got here, he was exhausted, he got a, a bad luck of the draw, and he still lost by one, and I'm still bitter about it. And I know, I know the late Dan Jenkins would be uh, probably bitter too because he loves his Texans. And so I want a star to win. I want a superstar. Uh, Absolutely. I want it to matter. Because let's face it, Taylor people, Gage wasn't people, much of a storyline, was it? If that, no, yeah. no. And... and <laughs> A, 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 a legend validates the architecture, whether it's legitimate or not, and I love that. So, and I want I want that to happen, and uh, I think it will. I mean, it's, we're going to have a great finish. It's it's um, there's just too many people there. In the past, it's very hard to come from behind here. Um, but something tells me it's just not going to be the case. And, and, and obviously, Rory McIlroy playing well is extraordinary because this isn't his kind of golf. He tends to not do well in this uh, firm, very firm golf courses. So it shows you how well he's playing to be in contention. So I'm, I'm looking for a lot of things, but the score uh, could care less. I think uh, with Rory sp specifically, his lag putting this week has just, just been sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Sorry to interrupt you here, but yeah, Bruce has come in. To be fair, he's only two minutes late for our 11 o'clock show, and I, I'd be we've got to get all three members of the jar up on stage as well. Uh, Bruce, welcome to the podcast as well. Um, he gets a round of applause. I never get a round of applause. We need a mic. We just. Well, but we'll keep we'll keep yeah, talking and, and keep up appearances. Don't uh, you? Absolutely, and I think uh, you know. Well, anyway, it's great, great, well, great, you finally joined the, us. Yeah, and yeah. To, to your point, though, the other thing is is uh, people are having, it, it feels like a great time out there, and, and we've seen so many of these tournaments where it's a slog, and it, it, it just, it kind of bleeds into everything else. So birdies are good, birdies are fun, people, uh, although I've been surprised the fans are tough. I've seen some good shots, and they haven't mm. quite given them the love that, I, I thought really they would have, and I, I'm not sure what that's yeah. about. If it was a long trip in, but uh, or maybe maybe they're just uh, I was out on the loop, and they think nine and ten are easy. That, it's so that different, isn't it? Fan. Culturally, though, it's like the Brits want to <laughs> clap lag putting, but mm. they don't really sort of whoop and holler like you guys in the states like <laughs> no, the candle no, and thank, all that. Thankfully, thankfully. But you know, it's a pretty I don't know. It seems like a great crowd. It's heaving. It's bloody hard to see golf, isn't it? I mean, we've been out there, sweet yeah. bros, and. You just can't hard? get a look. You, you just can't see. You can't get a look in on oh, much of it, can yeah. you? It's, no, it's like tough. so hard to see anything, you know. And they needed more grandstands, and uh, they're filling up pretty fast. And uh, yeah, it is tough to see. And I wrote a piece last night about the twelfth hole, and you think, wow, what a hole that people should be able to sit on all day. And 
Mm. I guess there is a room because they have to have the new back tee because the ball goes too far. So uh, the the place where you would put a grandstand is in the way of the next hole. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, you could say a little bit more. Big takeaways. Anyway, what's, what's the thoughts, guys? Big takeaways from the first two days. We've obviously had the cut. And we've got you know another more couple of days to run. What's the first? I think some of our projections in the preview pod are sort of ringing in my ears. Yeah, <laughs> I think calling Tiger for a 68 and yeah, day yeah. one is starting to. It, uh, to use your words on the pod, Bruce, it didn't age well, has it? No, that didn't age well. Neither did the, <laughs> the comments about um, the course record not being in any danger when when Kisner's seven under through 11 <laughs> holes. <laughs> it's all all aging pretty terribly. But um, yeah, I mean, I think. <sighs> The firmness of the course is, is is everything they could have hoped for. It's just these guys are are so good and they hit the ball so far now. Um, even if it's a little bit firm, like if you're hitting wedges in, you're just going to leave yourself a, a huge number of chances. And um, yeah, I think you know to, to, to kind of piggyback off Jeff's point, like the winning score maybe isn't everything, but there is maybe an argument there that if you're having to change, if the home of golf, if this is the barometer and, and, and we're getting to a stage where it's maybe getting into 25 under par as the winning score potentially at the end of four rounds, is that is that raising questions about about the future of the game and, and those age-old debates about rollback and the distance and the balls travelling and, and all the rest of it? You like to talk about rolling the ball back, don't you? I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed you and, and weren't so we're jumping at the mic chaos there. this week. <laughs> We've already gotten part of the chaos, which is nice. The slow mm. play debacle. And uh, maybe a, a couple of good low scores will, will do it. Because uh, ultimately, the RNA and, and uh, the people who host these things, just whether they, they, they'll tell you they don't care about the scoring, they care. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, Martin Slummers gave a great talk about that the other day. If somebody does it you that's an accomplishment we want mm. to see greatness on display and they're armed with equipment that should allow them to do it the course is is in unbelievable condition they have uh physios they have uh, all the science they have this data they have everything they should be shooting they actually should be shooting lower scores frankly uh mm -hmm. if, it, if not for the pace of play they probably would i mean it's speak yesterday and i wrote about it in the piece today he, he and why the rules official had to hear it he just started on a on a wine fest about oh it's so hard to get in a rhythm and blah blah, blah. Yeah, what's the rule the referee with him well, nothing he can do and he was just going on and on but he's he's right and you'll that's the other reason you'll see great scoring on the weekend because they can get in a rhythm mm -hmm. Uh, so it makes the scoring the first two days that much more extraordinary. That we had we had good win we had yeah, good enough win to make it interesting. It wasn't more than what it feels like we've got today. Like, and, mm. and we got wins that were not forecast. They were different, different directions. Uh, I mean, the morning wave on uh, Thursday actually got a win that was not forecast. That was not helpful going out, and they still played well. So anyway, you put it all together. It's been uh, sensational. The course. Uh, I mean, just think about the. These players early in the week were just so embracing the golf course. People who've never been here before, and and I'm sure part of it is they pick up the narrative that it would just cause trouble if they were to go. What is this yeah. weird thing? <laughs> yeah, but Till I, Hatton's usually good for something like that, isn't he? Do, do we think if a player uh, yeah. yeah. here, of course, yeah. that's the irony. He yeah. plays so well here. <laughs> uh, he did call the setup smelly to one of my writer peers. Yes, uh, he, he think, didn't care for it, which after, I don't blame him. After they've had a few pints, they might sort of be a little bit more honest about sure, it. Sure. They might say, well, actually, this is. You know, this is pretty wacky. We should get them in the garden and just pull Rosé down their neck all afternoon yeah, and just yeah, let them yeah. make a tit to themselves. But are you actually okay I did with a great job of that last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. also think it's just where we are in the in the sport. They're picking up 
the 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 shifts we've seen, which uh, are that uh, fun is is a uh, is paramount. That uh, I mean, it doesn't really translate to the way they perform. We don't have a lot of people who really perform for the crowd. Uh, I, I saw the the neatest moment. Keith Mitchell uh, yesterday chipped in on number nine and and never smiled. But then when he turned to the grandstand, he he turned and he. And he put his fingers next to his mouth and did a little <laughs> smile. The grandstand went nuts. Most of them aren't entertainers, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. But they do recognize that uh, that if the game is entertaining and they recognize the importance of coming here and respecting it more and more. And, and again, not many of them will sit down and and uh, uh, read a book. About, I mean, John Rom said we were writer and I this morning at over coffee were, were saying hey, John said he'd like to read up on the history. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm you think that's that. just said for impressions? So right? they read the room better. And uh, and then having Tiger, I think, set the tone. Early in the week, he he, they all look to him. It's and, quite sad. And those I comments thought. he made, I think, get yeah. back to them. Yeah, he sort of leads the pack. But he, I must admit, I was something quite sad yesterday watching Tiger shoot nine over. I know, like you know, but just wasn't meant to be. But it is it, for some reason, it's a little sad. I don't know. Well, maybe is that is that fair or sure? I, don't know. I, I thought he was going to. He all signs were that he was going to play well. Everything I've watched this year. Uh, his, his, I mean, just think a few years ago, it was such a drama. He was hitting it everywhere. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Where's he going to hit it today? That just doesn't happen anymore. He hits the ball great. He just can't putt right now, and he can't practice his putting, although he did a lot in the practice. So I know he is uh, – I guarantee you he's sick to his stomach that he played that poorly. He just did not believe that was going to happen. Mm. I don't know why. But anyway, but he, he set a beautiful tone earlier in the week. And he that scene yesterday, I don't think it was sad because he did not stop at that bridge. He is no. not giving up. He's coming yeah. back here, and uh, and he's he knows he's aware of every detail like that. And if he really thought he wasn't yeah. coming back here, he would have stopped. There was no foot on the side of the no, bridge like no, Jack no, no. Or, or Arnie <laughs> no. and the ways. No. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a little it's sad that he's not here on the weekend, but. He was such an important part to this week, and he now takes pride in that. He used to be so difficult that way, and now he's such a, mm. a great presence, and, and that's, it's really uh, nice to see. Well, we were chatting last night about how um, sort of endearing it was, really, to see his press conference up close. Um, first real press conference we kind of been to earlier in the week, and, and to hear him talking almost like a a kind of geeky way about how much he admires the the history of the place and the Open Championship and just the number of anecdotes he seems to really hold quite quite near and dear, whether it's Trevino or Jack or Barney. They, they've obviously shared so many stories about, you know, their respective victories, um, you know, in, 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 in the championship and, and stories of St Andrews just generally. And, and to see that side kind of come out a bit more, I think, as you say, it probably sets the tone yeah. for a lot of other players. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, architecture's a huge thing for you, Jeff. Um, we're passionate about it. You know, there is no better place than the old course. So maybe a few sort of sleeper holes, holes that actually are sneaky good, because we hear so much about 17 and how that plays, and obviously, you know, there's 18 and all that kind of great stuff. You know, there are a few holes that are sneaky good on the old that almost, I think, kind of drift by without too much mention. I mean, yeah, Bruce, you've also played the golf course a lot, but studying at St. Andrews. Be curious to get your kind of picks for the most underrated golf hole. Um, well, uh, I, I, I love number five, if you're going to go underrated. Um, 
it's just a unusual part five that never really gets talked about much. And it's just such an insane green. And uh, I think Rory mentioned, or no, Spieth talked about that, that you can have an 85-yard difference in the whole location from day to day. Yeah. And he hadn't really prepared for that last time. Mm. And so that was one of the things he was enjoying preparing for. Again, he enjoyed preparing for that. You know, or maybe a, a decade ago, players would have just said, well, what is this? Why, why do I have to do this? And now they, they seem to enjoy that kind of thing. I mean, I, I could go through a lot of holes. I love seven. I love. Uh, I wrote last night about eleven and twelve, which are two of the most influential holes in the in the history of mm. golf architecture. And I tried to bring it a little more to the present because Jack Nicholas and Tom Weisskopf have talked about number twelve. And where I'm from in Los Angeles, everybody talks about the tenth of Riviera and what it's done to bring the short par four in the game because par fives are kind of over. Uh, all the good players now can reach them. It's very hard to design one that that puts them in an awkward position, and the short par four now does that. And we love to watch when it's awkward, mm. when they are put in a place where they can't decide. And it's the only time left, really, that happens. And so number 12 used to do that for, for Nicholas and Weisskopf, and, and they tried to take the principles that – of that hole and and put it in their work and and Jack rarely but Weisskopf pulled it off pretty well in a couple of instances and that kind of actually set off the short par four interest more than Riviera did of course they both love the tenth of Riviera too and so that hole is wildly influential it's kind of you know if, uh, Steve's book really has some great aerials of. The, yeah, uh, we should say by the way, as a book signing, Steve's put together an unbelievable package of um, golf uh, in in Scotland, black and white uh, photography, and looking forward to talking more about that. It's extraordinary, and um, I, I actually took a picture of the aerial uh, and and looked at it when I was out at eleven and twelve yesterday. And the twelfth has got gorse now, and in the in in the aerials there, you just see some heather, and so it's kind of been constricted because some of the players are a little bit like, well. Yesterday they were driving, it was downwind, it was cool. They were trying to hit it past the green and chip back, yeah. which is so unusual and so out of, mm. it's just unusual to any golfer. Like, why yeah. would you waste time going past when you can go here? The 10th of Riviera, why would you go way out here to get a better view here? And it, and that's the beauty of those holes is they uh, make you do something. You just, you just, why wouldn't I take the shortcut? And so that hole's gotten a little bit shrunken down, but it's still mm. magnificent. And the green's really, you just look at the green, and you go, why don't people build something like that more mm -hmm. often it just has tears and it but anybody can play it yeah uh it's not going to embarrass you but the best players in the world that challenges them and makes them makes them think, makes them think and yeah. uh so i love that and, and i love 16 i love uh, 14 uh, mm -hmm. I, i'm not i'm not i still don't quite understand 13 as well as i'd like given okay. how many of the people in the old mm. publications raved about the 13th hole but yeah it's, it's neat what about you bruce well 13 interestingly i think was pr probably one of the culprits of the slow play on thursday because they tucked that pin right and so so many of the guys were just hitting it down that sixth fairway um which probably slowed things up a bit but yeah, I mean, 11 and 12 are hard to look past those. They're just two fantastic holes. And I think there's there's a sense there when you're playing back into 11, that's the last hole you'll play in that direction. Then it it's all going to be a little bit easier if you're going to get that rare wind that's down and off the right for the, the, the remainder of the back nine. Or you're thinking right now, I need to sort of step up and start hitting some, some decent shots if it's into and off the left. Um, I mean, what strikes me whenever I walk around now and the, just, just watching the tournament set up, having played it a fair amount at uni and seeing the tees and how much further back they are and some of the grandstands are kind of creeping and you're thinking, wow, that's actually a little bit intimidating to see that you're almost got to start it quite precariously close to, to some of those grandstands if you're 
um, if you're wanting to bail out a little bit left, which um, is, is typically how I like to try and play it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's just so many great holes that, that and, the, and the flow of it is, is, is just so wonderful. It would be, um, yeah, I mean, you hear murmurings about whether the pace of play is an issue and, and the scoring is, is also an issue and whether that might prevent it coming back here with with the you know the regularity that we've seen over over recent decades and that's a little bit of a concern but i guess you know only, only time will tell there really I, I wrote a piece for the program the official program and it was uh they they said they wanted something a little just it's very hard to write something new about the old course mm. so they wanted something a little bit different so i went with the angle of there's nothing in the world of sports that can go back to the place that is I mean, I, I did. I was very clear, so I didn't get any letters from the honorable company that Leith and other places were where were the game technically we, we was documented as started in the rules mm. and shaped the game. Musselboro, you know, the cup and the Mrs. Foreman's, and there are all these elements. But the game that we know now and love uh, was really fostered by the people of St. Andrews and, and that amazing stretch of ground and the people who shaped it and nowhere in the world of sport do you return to the place where it started and determine a world champion yeah. royal ascot uh is is essentially the same track but the 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 grandstand looks like an airport terminal uh lords has moved locations um wimbledon has moved a few times yeah, yeah. Uh, so center court is not in its original location. A lot of people think that. Anyway, in, in, in the United States, of course, we we have two baseball stadiums, but they weren't where baseball started. So that's that's kind of mind-boggling when you yeah, think yeah, about the sure. world of sport, the number of sports on the planet, and golf can. Yeah, we had to deal with a six-hour round, <laughs> and we, but we get to come to the place yeah. that every game, great has played, except Ben Hogan, and for whatever reason, didn't come here. Well, Jeff, it's been great getting you on. We want to, before we put a bow on this pod, um, just in case anyone's got any questions, because, I mean, oh, Tom's, Tom from the Jar, um, who's left the podcast yes, to give Bruce the mic. And to, see, to be fair, I feel like we've upgraded by getting rid of Tom and bringing Bruce in. It's always more informative when he's here. Tom, you, but you're still welcome to uh, ask a question on this podcast. So just, just for the benefit, so... Uh, Basically, critical of the the 11th green, and you know, what, what, what's your take of it now? And having seen what's happened, well, yeah, what happened, and and I had a Q and A in my newsletter with the, the the greenkeeper at the time, or the director of grounds, and he did explain why it was controversial and not well handled. Uh, and so, part of the problem was that at the time, it it, it sort of filtered. Somebody saw people doing the work on a Sunday afternoon and he explained why they were doing it on a Sunday, but that made all of us very suspicious mm. that they were trying to do this essentially in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, it, 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 I understand why they did it. It, it, it was, uh, it's such an important hole and watching it yesterday, they wouldn't have been able to use the hole that was used yesterday. And so, yes, I have softened and several of us have because, uh, it, we just wish they would have handled it a little bit differently more than anything in, in hindsight. Now the next target we need to spend time on is the road hole bunker and it's, it's a mess and it, uh, I keep tweaking just too it, many photos they? and they even Tiger mentioned stuff. it this week in a nice way, but yeah. it's, it's goofy and it's, uh, it shouldn't be that hard, but but when Peter Dawson is out making changes, this is what happens. Sorry, <laughs> I, know I know he's 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 a he's a friend. <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 difficult, isn't it? Because I guess you see, um, 
you know, holes like 17, the road hole bunker, and and there's actually some some great footage of you know the stands of of, of Tommy Nakajima, is it? Who you know, and and um, you know, it's been the sort of end of so many open dreams, and um, you know that that fine line of trying to restore it or preserve it and dare I say it can you can you try and improve these things I mean the 11th is something I'm a little less sure of because that was that to do with the back portion of the green and then trying to increase it, the slope by a few degrees just to just to allow a, a, a pin right okay just to yeah, allow to a decrease pin. the slope and yeah. be able to put a, a flag over there that they had lost they essentially yeah. were down to just putting it in the same place yeah. Behind the uh, Strath bunker every day, mm. and uh, that was a bit monotonous. And it's such an important hole; in it's been mimicked by a lot of people. And uh, you know, it just plays slightly uphill, which most of the best par threes play flat or a little bit uphill. Yeah. And it, uh, the, you described it beautifully. It's, it's that last moment before you turn in. There's just so many elements to it that are mm. that are cool. And then you just. It was interesting. Yesterday we were out there, and and nobody was applauding shots because of the way the grandstands were situated, and the marshal said, "Well, the day before they were, but but it was just situated enough people really couldn't see, and uh, so it changed. It was a strange dynamic, mm. but from a pure golf point of view, it was great that they could play two different hole locations, and and then and it frees up number seven to be played yeah. differently. I didn't actually watch seven. At, no, we watched, I watched it for a few hours. it was hours. a bit of a freak show, didn't, wasn't well, it? Well, no, I thought seven was brilliant. Like, I loved sitting there in that grandstand behind 11 for, uh, and oh, best, for, yeah. for three hours. What's amazing is you just never see it week in, week out, the decisions. And, like, mm. you know, it's back to this is why this is such a great place and a great spectacle. It doesn't matter what people score. It doesn't, no. like, who cares? The fact that it's great is that people were laying up to all sorts of different distances yeah. on seven. So you saw people consciously trying to lead themselves 150, 160, and whatever. And then you've got Bryson carrying it 365 right in front of the pin and mm. everything in between. And then even the shots they're playing in are so different. Yeah. You know, I, I can't remember who putted from, must be 40 yards short of the green. It would have been a 100 yard plus putt versus other people flighting it right in and over the top of the pin just to try and get themselves 10 feet past. It's, you know, and that for me, is, it just totally encapsulates why this place is so special. So yeah. um, it's been great getting you in, Jeff. Have we got any other questions? I don't know if there's any people but so we've got a very knowledgeable crowd actually sat here i can say but no one's itching to ask any further ones joe mcdonald has put his hand up who's the biggest golfing pervert i've ever met so um joe this this is going to be a good one with the old course in st andrews being such a uh, an example a shining example to the rest of particularly the links world uh, the the revetments on bunkers, which mm. have now become de facto, that's how it's done. If you're a Lynx course and you want to be credible, you do revetted bunkering. Do you see uh, St Andrews at any stage in the near future softening their approach to the bunkers and the revetments and the cost that comes with it and all of those other things? Yeah, I don't. They uh, Maybe they're going to slow down a little bit. Uh, I'm going to write about this after because I write about the majors and we only have one more major left, the women's open in Mirafield, which I'm looking forward to. But I, I, I also, there's just so much to say. And uh, they're very focused on play and not having a bunker breakdown and collapse. But yeah, I was just at Mirafield and, the, and they don't redo the bunkers every five years. And they just, they rebuild these too often. So they're, and it's important uh, because you can imagine when I have this conversation in the media center, the eye rolling and what's he on about now. But 
there's a very, if you go back through the old magazines and things, they had incredible debates about the importance of a, of a coarse feeling natural versus feeling man-made. Mm. And it's very complicated and it's, it's utterly vital though, because if you play a course and you feel like somebody is trying to do something to you, you are offended. If you feel like it's natural, you, you sort of lick your wounds and you accept it. And mm. so when the bunkers and I, in fact, Jaime Diaz and I argued about this on the street this morning. I, I've seen too many balls up against the face. It feels like you're artificially trying to screw the player. Mm. And, and, and and you as an artist that recognize these were... There, there's a beauty in the naturalness and the uh, unkept look, the weeds, the funky little you know collapses. That's why Castle Stewart's bunkers are so neat. They're modern, but they tried to make them a combination of looking like they propped them up. And so... I just hope they'd stop redoing them so often, at least make them look a little more natural. Mm. Um, but then, you know, like the road hole bunker, it's just too small, too. It used to be wider and used to catch more balls. Why not catch more balls that way instead of have some weird berm uh, to send balls in? So things like that. But it's it's a... It's fascinating that they used to debate these things. And, and again, in Steve's book, you see the bunkers had this better look up until the 50s and 60s, even. Just more natural. Mm. Jeff, um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank um, you. Can we all oh, hang on? Tom's putting his arms in the air. Okay, are well, you going to come take the mic off me? Save me running around again. Sorry, Jeff. Do you need to be somewhere? Am I killing your time? Because he, he, he seems desperate to get rid of you, but I'm... Uh, I'm <laughs> I don't know if you've you done a terrible job. Um, we talked earlier in the week about how the old course should be the gold standard for for how you play golf and how golf courses are designed and the equipment debate. Um, are we seeing, do you think, um, numbers and, 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 and the way these guys are playing, do you think we're seeing something that's telling us we need to change? Or do you think it, the course is, is holding up to it? Uh, I think the actual holes are, are holding up to it, but the pace of play really was exposed. Uh, because again, like I said, the, 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 the pace problems weren't on the greens, uh, which is normally the problem in the United States when we have slow play debacles. There's a whole location and they all are three-putting it. Mm. All, all the time wasted here is waiting on tees for a fairway to clear. And again, it's firm, but they've built tees way, yeah. way back. And it's still, it, they, we shouldn't be discouraging them from having it be firm and the ball running. Uh, but it, something's out of proportion. Something's not yeah. right. And they'll counter, I'm sure, and say, well, it wouldn't have mattered because it, the ground was so firm. But it, it would matter that, that John Daly who's out there shuffling around and, and, he, can, and he makes a cut. But he's, he still hits the ball so far. And he's not exactly an athlete at this point. <laughs> he's not exactly <laughs> taking care of himself. And so there's nobody in the field um, – let me think about it. Yeah, er, well, yeah, everybody in the field could reach the 18th hole now, yep. which is unbelievable uh, with just a light helping win. Yeah. And guys are hitting three Arms, irons to yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, well, that's it's not, and it's not necessary. And by the way, it'd be more interesting if fewer people could yeah. drive it. And there's more questions being asked of them, I think. Correct. Um, it wasn't, certainly wasn't designed in a way, but there must be five drivable par fours, six. And, is that problem that does need to be 
address, just to pull it back so the old course does ask a few more questions. Yeah, and that's why I asked that question of Martin Slummers in the press conference, and he gave the exact wrong answer. And I told him that uh, when you <laughs> and I saw him uh, randomly. We had that fun conversation with him, and he I don't think he wanted to leave. He was enjoying the conversation, and, um, and he... He uh, did not give the answer uh, we wanted. Bruce uh, and I have a mutual friend, David Normoyle, who believes uh, he was the first person to say that to me. That that really that the the key, the way the old course plays should dictate mm -hmm. the equipment rules. Yeah. And uh, Martin feels the opposite. And I think I think more people though coming here mm -hmm. and valuing what this place means to the game. And and again, the beauty of being able to come here and have a have the World Championship every five years of golf uh, is more important than, than uh, protecting uh, the egos of a, of a few uh, players or manufacturers or whatever yeah. it is that's sort of the stumbling yeah. block. Yeah, I agree with you. I think on the tee, the tee point, really, I mean, that's where it, it seems the course has maybe lost a little bit of its... Oh, just a little bit of his charm and his character. I mean, 17 being maybe a good example because that tee box is 30 yards further back, but it's arguably on a slightly easier angle because you're playing more across the hole. Whereas if the you're playing from the tee box slightly over to the left, like the members' metal tee, you're kind of playing more down the parallel to the out of bounds, which I think is is kind of how the hole really was supposed to be played, and it, and it brings in perhaps a little bit more danger. But in the effort to find that extra 30, 35 yards, they have to go over to the right and lose some of the angle. I think there's a, there's a few holes out there where you can understand why with the advances in the game and how far the guys are hitting the ball, you know, they, they see a need to bring the bring the tees further back, but the holes just aren't as, you know, aren't as enjoyable. It's also made the 16th hole easier mm. because the out-of-bounds no longer is right next to yeah, the green. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, when right, the pin's yeah. over on the right and the wind's blowing from the left like it did yesterday afternoon and when it flipped, the pin wasn't over there. But if the pin had been over there, that second shot when the is a pretty vulnerable pin, but if that's just there and you just get it up a little in the yeah, or you yeah. have a little side hill lie, and now that the boundary fence ends to accommodate the yeah, new tee, yeah. so they 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 make one hole in their mind more difficult, but they actually make the one before actually a little bit easier. So things like that that yeah. happen because you're compromising for, again, for uh, quarterly earnings, and and a lot of this started when these companies became publicly traded, and so they're more aggressive, and uh, and it and right now is a perfect time to do something because. They've got ways to do it where it just impacts the elite players. It doesn't impact the everyday player. It can be done in a way that may even be better for the manufacturers and the, and the games in a, in a healthy place where they can't even keep things on the shelves. So uh, they just don't have a lot of imagination, the manufacturers. They believe that we all buy things off the pros and that's it. And so they need to get uh, a little off that addiction. Mm. It's an addiction. <laughs> They're hooked. Yeah, <laughs> they like making money. And I get it. Some people do love to buy what the pros play. I was that person when I was a kid. But mm. at some point, you have to do what's right for the sport. Well, I mean, we don't want to get into it. Arguably, you're just offering up another revenue stream because they can buy what the pros in. Well, that's the case but, we've all made. That but, why, yeah. why, why aren't you making me? And they've made a proposal now to free up some rules. It will allow them to innovate for the average golfer. And it's like, well, this only took 15 years to get that on the table. <laughs> yeah. That should have happened sooner. Yeah, yeah. And they've already done it with adjustable drivers, and it's been great for them. So, they the the, the club makers have been quiet. It's the ball makers that's yeah. the, yeah. the problem. Uh, one final question from me, Jeff, if that's okay. Um, coming back to 
St Andrews and the home of golf for the 150s and seeing how many guys are embracing Lynx golf, at least, you know, publicly without having had a, had a few drinks. But but certainly seeing a lot of the, you know, American PGA Tour players saying how much they like the sort of change of style and the, and, and the quirkiness of this, this style of golf. Do you ever see a world where we could maybe play more Lynx golf as part of a combined schedule? And um, I guess there's always been a you know, desire on the part of the RNA to protect the, the rotor courses, the open rotor courses and keep them just for the open. But I think um, it, it seems like it's something that people are kind of crying out for. Whenever we get to this week in the calendar, people say, oh, it's terrific to see pros kind of, yeah. you know, having to rely on strategy and some, some slightly different, you know, styles of play and, and seeing the, more of the running game coming back. Um, I mean, is there ever a world where we could maybe see more of that golf as part of a wider schedule, particularly with the DP and the PGA trying to, you know, yeah. form this strategic alliance? It just seems like the tournaments that would do it are compromised by uh, wanting to go to a venue that the sponsor wants mm. or a very wealthy host wants to yeah. show off their, their property. So uh, it's going to be tough. For a while, they were they were goofy about it because they didn't want to play too much Lynx golf. It would mess up their game. I, I think guys are off of that, yeah. especially now that you have a Spieth, a Scheffler, Zalatoris, Justin Thomas. They all come over here and love it. And they mm. don't say that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. They don't, they, you know, they, they, they're fine with it. Uh, so the one that kills me is that the, the, the old course would be the ultimate Ryder Cup course. Yeah. And <laughs> I wrote to a very wealthy man one time who uh, had the power to probably bring it here when the uh, the venue in Italy was up in question whether it could it was going to yeah. be able to remain he didn't answer me but I say it's the ultimate it would be the ultimate Ryder Cup course because of the way that the, the, the routing works and the clumps yeah. of holes and the match play elements yeah. Yeah. and everything about it. I mean can you imagine Ryder Cup matches coming down the stretch to yeah. the road hole in 18 it, it would just be extraordinary yeah. and yeah. They just, it's just they have they go to the highest bidder and and um, and they always counter with well it's not the course that that makes the Ryder Cup great it's the matches and and yet what are the moments of the Ryder Cup every time it's when they go to certain holes on certain courses yeah, yeah. where it's yeah. the 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 match is interesting but then the 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 hole adds one more little element in the yeah. drama that takes it to another level. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of asking certain questions to the players, and there's always seems to be some sort of choice right. involved there as to how they're going to play that hole. I think there's I no chance it will ever be probably played not. No. So the good news is the Walker Cup's here next year, but that's only two days, which yeah. is a bummer. And the format's not quite as I think the Ryder Cup format's better. Yeah. Well, it's mm. quite nice because we talked to Barkley on the podcast a couple of days ago, and we we pressed him on it. You know, if you do really well here, you're gonna you're gonna think about going pro. And he said, No, I'm sticking around for the Walker Cup. Oh, that's great. Andrews, which is well, Sam's convinced he's trying to get him to be a career amateur and make sure he <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about money, Barkley. You just you well, shine the light for all of us. Yeah. Uh, well, and also with the name image likeness yeah. thing, I don't even know what an amateur is anymore. Yeah. So uh, good. That's awesome to, yeah, hear. It's good I, to hear. I, I haven't heard that from any young Americans yet, but maybe watching this week, uh, that will, we'll have, we'll hear some of them say that at the U S amateur this year. I yeah, hope. I hope so. I yeah, hope so. Nice. But, yeah. Um, parting gift then, um, Jeff, who are you backing? Who's going to win the open? I think it's going to be Rory, I, uh, and I don't usually pick him, uh, but I just love the way he's playing on mm. a golf course that is not his thing normally, and just the energy that's going to be out there behind him, that, that scene yesterday, I mean, they must have run that 
putt on 17 on a loop about I was writing, <laughs> but it, I was like, okay, we sh that's like the ninth time you've shown yeah. it. All right, calm down. But <laughs> I think the energy will be the thing that's a difference for him uh, that, that carries him uh, through. And he's putting well. Yeah, he seems to be... Yeah. Um, it seems to be behaving differently. He's got. Yeah. He's not doing this, um, you know, the craning of the neck when he misses a putt and it's everybody else's fault. He misses a putt, just standing up and banging it back in the back of the hole. And um, he's handling bogeys well. I think uh, he does seem to to have a different aura about him this week. So I think he is the people's favourite, isn't he? Everyone oh, wants. No everyone wants no to win. No question. Especially with the drought that he's had in the last eight years. And I mean, he's sort of the talisman a, of the game yeah. as well. In also the, the sort of status quo and how you know standing up for the PGA Tour, just the established order, really. And I think there's there's probably a, a lot of that's been accentuated by you know being with Tiger, being quite close with Tiger this week and. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great, wouldn't it, if he... I, yeah, if he I keep way. an eye on Spieth, too. I mean, this is the kind of day he goes out and shoots uh, 64 or 5 or maybe 63. Uh, again, speaking to what he was whining about yesterday, the rhythm, if he gets going today, I, I, somebody will come from that top 20, 25 and, and at least get in the last few groups, I would suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll get some win. It's starting to move. And so I, I would keep an eye on him just because I, I think karmically... After everything that happened last time and the way he's playing, uh, he he's really close. And he didn't really get the uh, very good draws. So uh, mm. in terms of it looked like yeah. to me morning late had an, I haven't actually that looked was at the big numbers. this year. That was I'm big sure this year. I think has. there was definitely the draw was important this year. I thought so. It seemed like they had. Hey, it wasn't a huge. It wasn't one of those where. It was a, a massive mm. disadvantage, yeah. but, but that wind flip I, yesterday. I'm sure, the numbers about a stroke and a half. Yeah. If I had to guess that wind flip yesterday really really broke oh, those on the back. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was weird. Oh, and they also had to play in the rain a little, which we know. It, you know, it did take a little fire out of the course, but yeah. it also is it's pain. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks. I'm for sure time. our crowd has really uh, really enjoyed it. So, everyone, all right, thank you, Jeff Shackelford. Thank you. Thank you. Watch this.